Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to another episode of the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and I've got with me my friend Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. It's good to be with you, man. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you. I know that this podcast will drop on the Monday after Christmas, and so... I hope that you've had a good time and that our, all our listeners enjoyed a great Christmas. I know there's a lot of a lot of questions, honestly, about Christmas and what do you do ministry-wise. I know that our church, we have a Christmas Eve service, and that's tradition. And so whether it falls on a Saturday night or on a Sunday, we, we're going to have that. But the big question kind of going around was, what do you do about Sunday morning worship on Christmas Day? So yeah. what are y'all doing at Garrett Memorial? Man, we're having church. I mean, we, we're dismissing Sunday school, but we're having we're having church at our normal time and uh, having our normal worship service. It is funny though, Dan. I mean, I don't I don't want to make light of you know any of our listeners out there and who, who's you know whose church has decided to to do something different. But I, I read something the other day. I don't know if it was on Twitter or or uh, or where I read it, but um, a pastor simply kind of just put out a little a little message where. He said, uh, you know, Christians say Jesus is the reason for the season. And then Christians say, we're not having church on Sunday. And then it just said at the bottom, you guys are wild. <laughs> you know, and, and I was like, he's got a point. So, yeah, not, so I'm not making light of any other churches, you know, individual decision here. But as for us in Hope, Arkansas, we're, we're going to be um, having our worship service. You know, and it's not a point of legalism. I really don't think it is. I think that no. most of us that are having our services on Christmas morning, it's just important to us. And for those, there's a logic and a reason why they are choosing not to. I feel like the the better choice is to have a service. Now, ours is going to look different. And I think many may follow a, a similar pattern. We're only having one service. There's no mm-hmm. Sunday school. And so we're just meeting at 10 o'clock. And it's kind of a holiday weekend, if you want to call it that. We're doing something similar on January 1st. And so for January 1st, we're only having one service, 10 o'clock in the morning. We know that people will have enjoyed parties together the evening before. Um, There may be other things going on that day. Uh, Some people get together and celebrate as families on January 1st. Uh, But for us, that's what we're doing. So how about you guys? Uh, What does January 1st or a celebration of the new year look like in Hope? Yeah, so we don't normally do any kind of New Year's Eve service or or like a, a countdown. Uh, we don't. We, we just let everybody individually do their own. You know, watch the ball drop kind of stuff. And right. uh, on Sunday, uh, the first again, we we are dismissing Sunday school, but we'll have our worship service at the at the same time. And um, you know, as as I was sitting here thinking, Dan, you know, yeah, we're we're recording this before Christmas. Um, it's going to be dropped in between, you know, right. Christmas Sunday and. <laughs> New Year's Sunday. So all you guys listening, you know, that's why we're kind of talking the way that we are. But, you know, Dan, you guys may have another decision to make because you're in North Arkansas and this uh, winter storm Elliot is coming in strong. It looks like it is like that may affect you guys in a different way on 
on uh, Christmas Sunday. Yeah, it's supposed to uh, snow on Thursday, I think, but it's not supposed to get back above freezing until Sunday. And so <laughs> we yeah. may be frozen up here. I mean, it may be a yeah. giant popsicle here in Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so New Year's Day, man. What, what about you guys? I mean, do you guys do anything for New Year's Eve? We don't. And personally, my wife, she just doesn't like New Year's Eve. It, it, in her mind, she's worried about drivers out there on the road. So I totally get that. And for years, that's been our been our practice. Her, her favorite thing is to just stay at home, go to bed at about nine o'clock and she's done. So, <laughs> yeah. But there was a day and not as many churches do this now, but there was a day when the watch service was a big deal. Yep. And so churches would get together like at six or eight, eight, eight o'clock, um, somewhere in that range. And then they would spend the next several hours together singing, praying together, and then so they could be together. And then by 12, 15, they had left the church. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, from a youth, from a youth ministry perspective, I will say this, the, the, the dreaded and, uh, I would just use it as a curse word, right? <laughs> Lock in. That's the word. That is the um, word. That if that makes sense anywhere, it makes sense to me on December thirty first. It does. So, for whatever that's worth to anybody listening, um, if, if you're one of those crazy people that just loves lock ins, I would just simply ask, why not do it on a night where people are already staying up? You know. So <laughs> there you go. Now the problem this with this year. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it goes into Sunday. So you sleep at the church and be and wake up at the church. It's well, even yeah. better. <laughs> well, it is the the new year as this drops. It'll be the the Monday before uh the new year starts, 2023. It's it's amazing um, and kind of crazy that we're already at this point. Uh, but one of the things that we like to do is we like to provide resources as much as we can. So that's what our conversation is going to center around today as we continue that uh that conversation about student ministry. But before we get to that, I want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. Central Baptist College is um, challenging, engaging, inspiring. It's a place where you can get a great biblical degree, but you can also get degrees in education, music, biology, and the list goes on. They have several degrees. I ha- encourage you to check it out at cbc.edu. And if you have a student who is in that sophomore, junior, senior age range, have them do the same thing cbc.edu. And if you have any questions, you can even email us at info at studentministrymatters.com. I'd love to tell you about Central Baptist College, uh, but otherwise check out their website and get in touch with their crew. They'll be more than happy to share with you. Chris, we want to talk about some resources, some things that will be beneficial to our congregations, um, kind of from this youth ministry perspective, but also maybe from the family ministry, some things that we can encourage that um, our churches can do. And the reason I'm, I hesitate a little bit is just simply because we may not have the uh, decision-making power <laughs> when it comes to uh, some of the financial things, the ones that cost money, but we can suggest, we can encourage. And for some of you who have a student ministry budget, you can actually make those decisions just yourself and just move forward with it. So as we talk about resources, why is this an important conversation for us to have? Well, I think it's important for us as pastors to be thinking about what are tangible and even intangible items and, and resources that we can 
uh, be giving to our people? What, what can we be making available to them? One thing that I have to remind myself about is, you know, I'm blessed to be able to to do ministry for a living, right? Yeah. In, in other yeah. words, I get to come to an office on a regular basis and I get to sit and I get to think. And when I'm not inside the classroom teaching, I'm, I'm thinking about ministry stuff. And, and I have to remind myself that most of our parents, most of our people who are who are in our church, it's not to say that they're not ministry minded, but you know, during the Monday through Friday, they're they're working their their jobs. Their their right. their minds are on other things. And when they come home or whenever they're on their break, they're probably not looking for, you know, what's a great ministry resource for me and my family. Right. Uh, and so I think that's a that's a something that we as pastors get to lead in and and be able to uh, feed, uh, so to speak, our our people uh, in more ways than one. Well, especially for those that are bivocational, you know, and I have such a huge respect for that group, those that are bivocational and volunteer student ministry workers. You may not have the time to think about some of these things. Uh, you're having to focus in on your job and you're having to focus in on your family and then the ministry. And you just, you don't know where to turn and look for things. And so Chris and I are some of those that that have that opportunity. We get to think about, investigate, look at some different areas. And so we've come up with a few things that we want to share today, things that will should help your ministry and help as you resource your church, your parents, uh, your students. And, and some things cost some money. Others are absolutely free and stuff that you can do. And so we just want to encourage that today. Well, Chris, as as we think about this, as we look into this, um, where do we start? Yeah, so I always like to start with the Bible. Oh, well, <laughs> of think, course. <laughs> I think most people do, right? But no, hey, in all seriousness, I mean, look, it's the first of the year. Uh, I mean, what is what for a person who is starting to to think fresh thoughts and uh, what's going on in the upcoming year? I mean, most people, uh, most Christians within churches are thinking to some degree or another about a Bible reading plan, yeah. you know, and, and maybe, maybe we've got uh, people in our church who have read through the Bible um, faithfully year after year. Maybe we have new people in our churches who um, are new to the Bible and, and need just some direction on how to get started. Uh, maybe, maybe there's those who um, just have realized, you know what, I, I want to read more Bible and, and I need to do it in an organized way. And so one great way that you can resource your people is by providing one, two, three, however many you really want to. I think it's good to kind of limit it down, uh, but Bible reading plans. And so for us this year, uh, we're going to be offering uh, the Navigators Bible reading plan. Um, okay. it's, it's a good one. It's, it's one that's been tried and tested and, uh, and so I'm excited to be able to just hand that over to them and, it, and it's free. So like you can go to that website and, and download a PDF and, and they make it very clear, like this is meant to be shared. And so all I did was just print out like 75 copies of these pieces of paper and fold them in half and make them available to our people. So that's where I would start is maybe a, a good Bible reading plan. Yeah. And I think that's a great concept there. There are a couple of ways that you can do that. One if your pastor and it sounds like your your lead pastor is is very much about that concept of making sure that the people are in the word um, and and any of our our leads uh, any of our bosses you know speaking from a staff position um, should be behind that and many of them already have a, a plan but if they don't um, look at some of those things the U version free Bible app is a great place to go. They have all sorts of reading plans. You can go chronological. You can, I mean, the list is just almost endless of different plans 
Um, you can just hang out in the New Testament. I know that there is a five by five by five yep. um, plan that's you read five days a week, five chapters. I don't remember what the last five is for, but <laughs> it'll, it'll get you through the New Testament in a year. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a great place to be. And your students, I mean, man, if you can get them encouraged in reading, I'm about to start a uh, through the Bible a chronological reading plan that is from version. And mm-hmm. so that I'm going to be reading with a few of our men that are in my life group. And we're going to be talking, just meeting every once in a while, talking about what that is. And it's kind of connected to the Bible recap, which is a podcast. Um, and you can buy a book out there that's got that stuff, but the, the plan's right there in version. So yeah. a lot of good stuff. Absolutely. You know, I think just another one, if, if you're out there wondering, okay, what are some good ones? We've mentioned the five by five by five plan. I mean, just Google that. You'll find it. The Navigator's Discipleship. Bible reading plan. Uh, I think the discipleship journal Bible reading plan is one that has that I know I've gone through before and is still one that people regularly go through. In fact, I think John Piper talks about how that's the one he just on repeat goes through. Uh, and then there's the McShane uh, Bible reading plan. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's a lot out there. And, and just to follow all that up before we move to the next resource, I will say we as a church two years ago, offered a two-year Bible reading plan with great intentions of, of trying to move our people over a two-year period through the Bible. And we did really well for about 13 months. And then it just kind of, we just kind of fell off the wagon. And, mm. and that's one of those where, I mean, we just chalk it up as like, well, we, we fell there. We're like we learned, okay, two-year Bible reading, that's a, two years is a long time to keep consistent through something. And so, but just know that there are some uh, two-year Bible reading plans out there that um, that are good, and uh, some of your people might enjoy that option as well. I think we found that particular one. I think I found it on uh, the Gospel Coalition website. Okay. So um, go check that out if you're interested in it. Well, besides the Bible, and that, of course, is where we need to start because we need to be in the Word. Um, God is speaking to us through his word. Our people need that, but we need that as well. And so we've got to lead by example. So if we're encouraging a Bible reading program, make sure that you're, you're out front and that you can legitimately talk to your people and say, Hey, I'm here at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where you're at. And if you're not here, try to catch up, but you know, it, it just being a leader out front is important at that point to, to talk to them about yeah, it. Absolutely. And I would just say, you know, and some of you guys are probably sparking ideas right now as you're listening to this, but you know, we, we've even created like Facebook groups, you know, that are like, you can have a men's group for reading through the Bible or a women's mm-hmm. group reading through the Bible. And so, you know, it just offers an, an avenue for people to be able to share what they're reading and, uh, and maybe even snapping a picture of, of what they're reading, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you can add on to, this one concept in, in different ways that are appropriate for your church. And so we found that Facebook, Facebook seems to be a, a good way to connect throughout the week with our Bible readers. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Chris, what next? What, I mean, Bible of course has got to be first, but what else should sure. we be providing? Sure. So as I think about this, I'm, I'm thinking kind of, okay, what are some, uh, or some like paper things, like tangible stuff that we can give them. And then I, my mind moves to the more digital side. And so just know that's kind of, if that's the flow that we go down, great. If it's not, then no worries. But that's just how my mind's going. But I was thinking, you know, another resource that you might consider doing for your church is a, a, a newsletter mail out, a monthly newsletter. Uh, maybe you mail out uh, a snail mail 
you know, a, a monthly uh, look of, you know, what's going on in your church. We started doing this uh, a couple of years ago and, and it's been an, an ongoing project of us trying to make it better, but it, it's good. It gives uh, our pastor an opportunity to be able to write um, a letter to our church that they receive in the mail. And then on the backside of that, we've got all sorts of different things. So, you know, of course, upcoming events and, uh, and then like a look at our giving and where we are within the month, uh, within the quarter, all that kind of stuff. We give them different resources that they can they can go and check out, whether it be a book or a podcast or an article that they need to read. And then normally we let them know in that newsletter um, just different outside ministries that we support within our community, just kind of what's going on there uh, so that they can stay in the know and, and also have a point of contact if they want to start serving in any of those local outside ministries like the like the you know Praxey Resource Center you know is a place that we 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 love and support and so we want our people to know hey here's a way that you can get in contact with them if you're interested so you know but we do all that through a a printed newsletter that we send out once a month and uh, with hopes that people will just put it on their refrigerator and and have it to look at um, throughout the month and uh, just a quick follow-up to that what we are attempting to do in the upcoming year is to basically complement that newsletter with a couple of emails throughout the month. And so we've noticed that on the back, like I said, on the back of that newsletter are certain resources, again, books, podcasts, songs, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, we want to make it a little bit easier for our people to track those things down. And so we thought, well, why don't we just create an email that would be uh, have clickable links to those things. And so we'll start just kind of sending that out. Um, not too much, probably twice a month. We'll send out, you know, some type of email that has a clickable link to some of those resources for our people, just so it makes a little bit easier for them to, you know, get to Amazon and actually buy that book that we are recommending or to get to right. that podcast and start listening. So those are just some things that we do in that, in that realm. I've got to ask, because as most churches have actually moved away from a physical uh, snail mail <laughs> newsletter, you've done just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you are going to supplement it with an, e- a, an email, and that's what we do. We we send out a, an email. So if you're looking for a an inexpensive way to do this and to be consistent with it, MailChimp is a great resource. It yep. can be free, up to like 2,000 emails a, a month or something. And so if you're in a small to mid-sized church, you're, you're not going to hit that. <laughs> you're just not. <laughs> and yeah. it's a great thing. But If you are, uh, you're sending too many emails. You are sending too many emails, yes. We send out two a week. We send out worship a preparation email uh, that lets everybody know what we're singing and have the lyrics in case they're at home, as well as the worship guide. And then I send out one each week that gives informational things, as well as um, you know, some of those links to a Spotify playlist, a video, or sometimes I'll, I'll give a little thought. It's a great place for me to say thank you. Like, man, just the way my, my church has blessed us during Christmas and, as they've done before. But what, what has been the value of having that printed piece? Yeah. So one, you know, we don't overdo it. And so I think there's something to that where you're sending a personalized, um, envelope, um, a personalized letter to somebody and they're, they're physically getting that. And I think there's some value to mm, doing yeah. that in a strategic way. In other words, the, the strategy is to not do it too much. Right. But 
I think also just in a world, and this is my own personal opinion, um, and we could probably spend a whole podcast or two on this topic, but in, in a world that seems to be going all digital, I think there's a uh, there's a real opportunity for us to use some of these uh, analog resources to to really reach our people if we do it in a in a good way. Yeah, and I I agree. It's it is something physical that they you mentioned it earlier that they can put up on their fridge, mm-hmm. and they see that 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 physical piece represents a physical place and a physical people, and yeah. there's just a there's a connection there uh, that we we kind of slight too often because we think, well, it's cheaper email, which it, it would be. I mean, I don't know how many you're sending out, but, you know, it costs, yeah, what, it, it, There's a little bit of cost. $5 to, to mail yeah, something. Absolutely. There's <laughs> a little bit of cost in this, you know, but um, again, it's it's one of those costs that we're willing to, as a church, willing to, to pay. Once, I mean, again, we're spending, sending 12 of these out a year, and so we're not overdoing it. But I right. will say on this, in this vein of thought, I'm kind of on a postcard kick right now. And ah. I just think there's, I think there's some value in, in sending out that type of stuff as well. And so if you're, if you're wanting to maybe start in the snail mail way of things, um, a postcard is actually cheaper to send. If you send it, you know, if it's a, I think it's a five by seven size, if you get to a certain size, it's the same price as a, as a normal letter. Right. right. But the smaller ones are, um, usually around 25 cents cheaper, I think something like that. So, you know, that, that's a good way. And, and we, we're starting to use those or we want to start using those for certain save the dates, you know, for our men, women and different things. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then also just like within student ministry, I, I want to use postcards for, uh, say, like birthdays or if, if I don't see a kid for, say, three or four weeks and I'm like, OK, I, I want them to know that they're missed um, instead yeah. of just only sending a text or reaching out. You know, let me let me mail them something with their name mm. on it. And, and just let them know that, hey, I thought this much about you to to drop something in the mail. You know, um, I don't think that's cheesy. I don't think that's I, I think that's meaningful. So and I think we can all relate to when we receive, say, like a thank you card in the mail um, yeah. from somebody, you know, for something that we thought was just kind of really low key. But yet they they took the time to to send a thank you card. So, I mean, I think there's some real value to this snail mail business. Well, there is. It's a, another avenue for communication um, that you'll see around the house more than just when you open up your computer or your phone or your iPad. You're going to see this piece until you physically pick it up and throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll eventually end up there, but that's that's the reality. You've seen it multiple times. And so great communication through a newsletter, that is always a great resource that you can give to your your parents, your families, your students. Good reading, Bible reading plan is important. You know, there are a couple of things that are out there and that I would recommend. One of them is the New City Catechism. Now, I don't know yeah. if you, the, the phrase catechism can be a bit frightful to, to us Baptist people. You know, what is that? And it just simply means an avenue for teaching that uses a question and an answer. The best part about the New City Catechism is that it's an app that you can download for free. You don't have to buy the book. You don't have to do any of that. And so as a parent, there's two things. One, you can be working through those 52 questions, talking about about God, who he is, his relationship with the world, all those type of things. And you can learn in that manner. But you can also turn on the kid mode. And the kid mode is really cool because they got music on there, like cheesy. And they are cheesy. 
uh, cheesy little songs that, but will teach you the answers, well, the questions and the answers to these things. So if you have a child that's 10 and down, I mean, that's easily, that's the avenue you want to take. If they're older, man, they can learn a little bit more. I mean, they're learning biology and physics and algebra. (laughs) They can handle a little bit longer answer. Uh, But again, New City Catechism, great. You can buy, you can actually go out and buy a book, but I think that's a great avenue for, for resource that you can give uh, some of your parents. And so that kind of bleeds into that digital side. For me, I I like the, the concept of a newsletter because the communication that Chris was talking about. But one of the things that you can do in sending out an email is an email directly to your parents. If you're wanting to help your students and your, your parents connect through the course of a week, as you sit together and during the, the worship service, and as the youth pastor, family pastor, you're probably not the one who's on the platform speaking all the time, listen and try to come up with three to seven questions that you can send to your parents and that they can ask their students as they drive to school, as they eat breakfast, as they sit down for dinner, um, something that they can be intentional about over the course of the week. And so that they will continue that learning um, because that's often what's not happening is there's not great communication. I know with my family, my my wife is a counselor. I'm a preacher. There's a lot of talking and there's always been a lot of talking in our house, probably too much at times. But, you know, this we, we talk about stuff. And so we've never really had any barriers. But for a lot of families, that's not the case. So if you can provide that resource, a resource of questions, that's going to help your families grow closer together and to grow in a better understanding of God's word. Absolutely. Chris, what what other type of resources might we want to mention today? Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to just kind of carry on uh, what you're saying right there, because I think, you know, anything that we can give our families that would lead to better conversations or just give them a leg up when it comes to having those type of uh, times together is helpful. And and one resource that I know you and I enjoy um, that we've talked about before briefly is AXIS, uh, and their resources for families and, and parents. And so their website is access.org. And of course, they're, they're not a sponsor or anything like that. It's just a resource I really like. But they have, of course, things that you can pay for, things that are free uh, that you can sign up for. One thing that's free uh, is the Culture Translator that you can just sign up for their email uh, each I think they send it out maybe once a month or every two weeks, something like that. But it just gives you a, a, a really a a good synopsis of things that are going on within the culture of, of really Gen Z right now. And so it gives you maybe some, like some slang words that maybe are being added to their vocabulary and you need to know what they are in case you hear them. But what I've done with that, that culture translator, it's helpful for me. uh, But I just basically will send a link of it to my parents uh, in the, uh, like I use Facebook Messenger to communicate with my parents. And so I'll just send a link to them and say, hey, here's a culture translator. Check this out, you know, and give them something to read. But also within Access, and this comes with um, the paid version of it. And it's, again, I, I know that everybody's working on a different budget, um, but this is this is really, it has a lot of value to it. Uh, I think it's somewhere around maybe $250 a year. But they give you uh, that you have access to parent guides. So like there are parent guides for YouTube, parent guides for Minecraft, parent guides for um, uh, violence, all sorts of things. And these are just basically uh, informational things for parents to be able to read and orient their minds around those different uh, topics or 
or items um, or social medias or whatever it is. And then, and then, so you can take those parent guides and, and again, distribute those to your parents. The only thing they ask is that you don't, you know, sell them to the mass public or like post it on Facebook where everybody can get that kind of stuff, but just give it to your parents um, and to the people in your church. And so one way that I've started utilizing this is through QR codes is being able to link those things to QR codes and then give them to our parents to be able to scan and download and so access.org um, has a lot of resources that will help parents just be able to start and maintain good conversations with their teenager. Because a lot of times parents just don't know where to start. And I think it's good to give them resources for, hey, here's, here's a place, right? And uh, right. that's one of, the, one of the resources I like to recommend. One of the things that uh, Access does is they have two podcasts each week. One is the Culture Translator, and it is just a audio version, basically, of their email newsletter. So it gives you a brief understanding of what they're talking about, and you can go, oh, okay, that's a part of what's happening in culture right now. Then they do one called the Roundtable, where they have three hosts, and they sit around, and they actually talk about those things. I was fascinated by the one I just listened to, uh, because they talked about Pilk. I don't know if you've ever had milk and Pepsi together. But apparently that's a thing right now on TikTok. Lindsay Lohan um, did a video drinking that. And so it blew up. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> you went TikTok, Lindsay Lohan, and like all of a sudden I'm just like, whoa, too much. I know, right? Too much of something. I don't know what it is, but it's too much of something. Too much Gen Z for me right now. I mean, that's... And that's, and that's the whole point um, with these guys. They are concerned about helping us better understand as, as youth pastors, as student ministry workers, as parents, to help us to understand what's happening. Because I listen to this, and in my brain, I'm going back to an old show that was out around the Happy Days show called Laverne and Shirley. And one of those characters actually drank Pepsi and milk. And so I'm like, this isn't anything new. This is old. And they're like, oh, but this is so weird. I'm like... Dude, you just, you're not old enough yet, but. (laughs) So you've heard it here. Access.org is going to help you really just know how dumb our culture is right now. (laughs) That's what they're going to do. Pepsi and milk. Pepsi and milk. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, listen, here's the thing. That's the one thing that people are going to take away from this podcast is they're going to say, oh, I got to go have a game night with Pepsi and milk with my students. Right. (laughs) Don't do that, guys. Don't do that. that. (laughs) Well, again, these two podcasts, that's free stuff that they offer. And so they provide a a great deal of information that it's going to help you navigate this because now I've got new talking points with my students because that's what this roundtable does is they say, all right, as we finish thinking about this topic, what are some questions that we could ask our our teenagers about this? Yeah. That's helpful, man. That's helpful. Yeah. Hey, and how cool would it be like if a parent just kind of walked up to their dinner table one night with a gallon of milk and Pepsi and didn't say anything, <laughs> but to their teenagers just poured them glasses of Pepsi and milk. Like, I just wonder, you know, if kids who are on TikTok would be like, what is going on right now? So, I mean, know? you know, you can have fun with this kind of stuff, you know, um, absolutely. But, um, hey, you know, Dan, you mentioned another resource earlier uh, before we started the podcast. Uh, and this, again, we're getting into those things that cost a little bit of money. Yeah. But um, right now, media, 
That's yeah. one that has been around for a little while, has been tried and tested. Yeah. Right now, media is just a great resource. It's almost like Netflix for your church. I mean, it's um, they have lots of, of videos, not as many entertainment videos, but a lot of teaching videos. So if you're trying to go through a book, if you're trying to understand some things, but at the same time, they also have a lot of kid videos. What's in the Bible with Bob, not Bob Denver. That's Buck right. Denver. Buck Denver. There we go. Buck Denver. Yes. <laughs> and and not just that one, but they have several videos. So if you're, if you've got a younger audience, your kids, uh, you can work with that. A lot of the, the stuff that's older is of course geared towards that. They're much more teaching videos, but fantastic resource. I know that for us connected with the BMA of America, they have some resources that you can utilize and get through them. They have connected with them. So again, right now media, great place. But again, that one is more expensive. The other one that I found working, especially with family ministries is something called drivefaithhome.org. It is a part of Home Point Ministries. And if you're looking to create a resource at your church, we have what's called a Faith at Home Center. Um, several different brochures up there. So as families come in, they can just go pick up one, said, how do I lead my child to Christ? Um, dealing with uh, driving uh, teenagers, you know, um, it, there are some that are from a grandparent's perspective, um, dealing with your adult children. So it's a lot of different family issues. And those of us in student ministry, well, whether we like it or not, <laughs> we're in family ministry <laughs> because yeah. we're working with that whole system, that mom, dad, or lack of dad or lack of mom in that situation. I mean, we're having to navigate those type of things. And this is just a great resource to have. And so, um, well, Chris, you know, those are a lot of great resources. Anything else we want to add today before we wrap up? Yeah. So, I, you know, one thing that just pops in my, my mind, Dan, I mean, so I'm, let me give you, I'm going to give you three things, two that are really quick and one that has a little bit more thought to it. Um, okay. But I'll make, I'll make these quick. One that I, I jotted down would be just a general like kids bulletin for a Sunday morning. So mm, a lot of churches good. do this already, but maybe maybe you haven't and maybe you have a lot of kids or you have some kids and it would just be, you know, you can download these for free off, you know, somewhere and uh, and just basically just make a resource for kids on Sunday morning to be able to listen to sermons, draw, draw a picture of what they've heard, all that kind of stuff. So a kids bulletin would be something to consider. And you can pay for these services as well. Our church, that's what we do with the the Children's Bulletin. And I'll try to find the link and put it in our show notes on this. Just great for them to have something because our children's church, our children's worship time, that basically cuts off at the end of first grade. And so second grade and up are worshiping together with a body. So if I could put something in a a child's hand, um, even a young teenager's hand maybe and because they're correlated um, with the text that we're working with. And so that's the reason I enjoy ours. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's one. And then, you know, you mentioned earlier uh, about the, the U version Bible app. Uh, another app to recommend to our people would be dwell. Uh, this is an audio Bible app. Um, and if you've never looked at dwell, uh, man, check that out. It's a great resource. I think, I think we underestimate, or at least I feel like, we often do underestimate the value of um, just listening to God's word. And uh, Dwell is a great is a great audio Bible app that is just is just strictly that it's the Bible. But they've done a phenomenal job of of curating different playlists uh, of texts of Scripture, and then also um, 
just giving the the listener a lot of control on how they how they hear the Bible. So I think the I think Dwell is a great app that I and I love to recommend that as a resource. And then just the third one, this one requires a little bit more thought, but I, I find myself um, throughout the year having recurring conversations with parents. Um, one of those recurring conversations is is my kid ready to be baptized? You know, and so oh, yeah. part of part of my part of my job here at our church is not just student ministry, but kind of oversight of kids ministry and and student ministry. So more of a family ministry outlook is what I have. And so I, I meet with, you know, parents of kids who are six, seven, eight, you know, and, and I bet many of you who are listening do the same thing. And I've just noticed that, you know, there's, there's oftentimes a, a real uh, struggle within a parent's mind, you know, is my kid ready for, for baptism? You know, how do I know that my kid understands the gospel? You know, they, they said the prayer, but like, is that, is that right? You know, all this kind of thing. So, and, and anybody who has maybe young kids can relate like, yeah, this is even for pastors, like we're, we're struggling, like thinking through this. So it's got my mind thinking about our, what can I provide to our church? What can we provide to our church as a resource for them? And so of course, certain books come to mind and those are good, but really what we are looking to do in the upcoming year is, and we'll do this at probably just once to try it out is to basically build a, an event and we'll do it like one day after Sunday morning worship and have like a lunch with it and that kind of thing where that's the topic. And so we will, we'll prepare for it. We'll get scripture on it. And we want to invite those parents who have kids who are um, young and, and will one day be baptized or even those parents who have kids who just got baptized. We want to be able to talk with them about, okay, what does it look like to share the gospel and to understand the gospel and, and how do you, how do you know when your kid is ready for baptism, right? To be able to answer these topics, and so again, that's that's just a resource that we want to give to our people in way of of teaching, you know. Um, and so we're we're still figuring out what all that's going to look like, but I'm really excited about being able to offer that to our people, um, and excited to see if it's if it's helpful to them because. Again, I, I find that to be a recurring theme that comes into my office um, on the minds of many, many parents. It is. It is a big deal. Um, we are, I don't want to say reluctant, but we are thoughtful and intentional when it comes to uh, baptizing those that are children. And when I say children, I mean like students as well. Um, and so we just recently uh, went through a process where we we had a, a couple of classes. One was during Sunday school that bled over to our worship teaching time. And, and so I worked with our, those, those that were in that category, sixth grade through, I want to say 16, 17 in that range, and just talked with them and, and talked about that process. But what you're referring to is this idea of helping the parents be able to evaluate that better. And I like that, you know, there, we only get to see our students, you know, two hours, maybe three or four during the course of a week, but a parent's with them all the time. So they, they can really make better valuation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, I, I love, I think we all do. We love being able to share the gospel. We love being able to lead a person to Christ, but I, I, I love it when a parent comes in and says, Hey, we had this conversation with our kid last night and they, they understood the gospel after we explained mm-hmm. it to them, you know, and that, that brings me probably more joy to know that these are the conversations that are happening within homes and that, 
and it's coming from weeks of and years of intentionality of talking about this around the dinner table or at bedtime. And, um, and so I, I believe that there's many of our parents who are out there who just need help with, with that, you know, sharing the gospel and then uh, discerning when it's a, a good time to, for their kid to be baptized, right. To how to, how to discern uh, when they're, when their kid is ready and what kind of conversations need to go around uh, that topic. So, yeah, I, I think anything we can resource parents with like that is well worth our time and and money if it costs things. Well, Chris, I, I'm glad we've had this conversation today and shared a lot of resources with with our listeners because that's what we're all needing. We all need more resources, and some of us have more time to to spend tracking these things down, looking into them, experiencing them. And so, let me just encourage you, listener, if you are trying to to figure out what's next and you're stuck on a point and you think, okay, where do I need to look? reach out to us. We'd love to help you. We may not have an answer, but we can look and we can ask people. Um, but for those of you who who like to search and research and spend the time, look for things. There's a lot of great stuff out there, but let me always encourage you, check out what they believe. Uh, make sure that's in alignment with your church, with your people, and what you see is God's word saying. And before you make that decision to put it in front of your people. Um, we want to hand off good stuff and be a great resource because you'll have a parent, you'll have a student, you'll have uh, just random people say, well, what should I be reading? Where do I need to start? What do I need to do? And we can just be a great resource to them. Listener, again, thank you for, for joining us today in this conversation. Let me encourage you that if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to to leave a review, share it on social media, spend some time, let, let others know about us. Um, we're just so thankful for you. We're thankful for the work that you're doing. And as we move into this next year, we want to remember that student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.